0: Fort Worth And Global Catholic Radio Network
1: Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio Keeping you connected to your faith and your world Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tomeo.
2: And it's a Friday. It's the end of the week. Hope your week has been a good one so far. Lots to talk about this morning on this edition of Catholic Connection. Doug cat can't join us today. He's a very, very busy man, and we do appreciate any time he spends with us. He usually joins us on Fridays for the inside word, the scoop at what's coming up in programming. And Doug, of course, is our president and chief operating officer, and he will be back, God willing, next Friday. But for all our programming events, don't forget, you can always go to our Fantastico website. EWTN.com. I am very excited to have another EWTN person with us. So my dear friend Damon Owens, my partner at the March for Life. We always have so much fun covering that beautiful event. He has a beautiful, beautiful online event coming up next week, and he wants to tell us all about it. So he wrote me and said, T, might I be able to join you for an interview? And I said, of course you could. So he's coming up at 15 minutes past the hour. And it starts during NFP week, which is next week. And it's a follow-up to that wonderful 2020 Catholic Marriage Summit he had last year. He'll tell us all about it and how we can really grow, grow closer to each other in intimacy and especially in the Lord. So we will talk with Damon coming up at 15 minutes past the hour. Fact Check Friday, a couple of stories out there I want to discuss with you. And I'm going to be talking about media issues this afternoon on Crest in the Afternoon in depth with. Uh, my colleague Al Cresta at Ave Maria Radio and EW10. There are so many issues that have occurred in the media recently in terms of the not only media bias, the lack of understanding on the media in how the Catholic Church works, whether we were looking at, for example, a couple of weeks ago, the discussion on the Eucharistic document that the bishops are working on, whether we're talking about the breaking story earlier this week from the pillar regarding the former Secretary General and uh, the allegations against him. Uh, and how the media are looking at that, blaming the pillar versus looking at at the issues. Uh, Just a number of big stories. And overall, really trying to help Catholics and, and other concerned Christians discern the media and what to look for. How do we know that a website or a news outlet is really giving us solid information? So there's this dichotomy out there where despite the fact that surveys show that most of us realize the media are extremely biased and lean greatly toward the left, a lot of us are still very influenced by particular websites or statements or just parrot much of what a particular outlet may say without even questioning things or putting them in context. So we're going to dive into this this afternoon. I'll try to get through some of it uh, on um, my Fact Check Friday, but really I just want to concentrate on uh, a couple of stories in Fact Check Friday and leave the rest to uh, Al. show. We'll have much more time this afternoon. So please, in addition to tuning in all day long, make sure you tune in this afternoon for uh, Al Crest and I doing an in-depth discussion on media awareness. And then wrapping up a Friday morning talking about the issue of education and what parents are going through right now, Meg Kilgannon is going to be joining us and we are going to be taking a look at all of the struggles that parents are facing, especially with, with this push and sex education and also critical race theory. Where are we and what can parents do to make a difference, I think it's been very encouraging to see parents at the school boards, school board meetings across the country standing up against some of this nonsense that's going on. And I think the fact that the left continues to go further and further and overplay their hand, I think it's waking people up. So it could be a big Romans 8:28 moment for us all. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called to His purpose. Amen. All right. So the uh, the weather we're still looking at. Some bad weather in terms of thunderstorms around the nation. So let's give you a quick summary before we get into the news. National Weather Service saying the monsoon of heavy rain and strong thunderstorms continuing across the southwest through the weekend, a moderate risk of excessive rainfall and flooding in effect today for a large portion of Arizona. They're also saying that severe thunderstorms with damaging winds and large hail are also likely this afternoon and in the evening from North Dakota to northern Minnesota. Four minutes past the hour, big stories regarding life, and we'll start off with that as we look at the news on a Friday, July 23rd, 2021. Here we go. Well, as Brian Shook tells us, Mississippi's Attorney General urging the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade.
0: In a brief, Attorney General Lynn Fitch claimed the conclusion that abortion is a constitutional right has no basis in text, tradition, structure, or history. Fitch added the case for overruling is overwhelming. The 1973 landmark decision legalized abortion across the country. The request comes as the Supreme Court will review Mississippi's own ban on most abortions after 15 weeks.
2: The Archbishop of San Francisco, as Catholic News Agency reports, responding, meanwhile, to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi after she cited her Catholic faith while defending efforts to permit federal funding of elective abortions. Archbishop Salvatore Corleone of San Francisco, Pelosi's home diocese, criticized her stance strongly yesterday, saying, Let me repeat, no one can claim to be a devout Catholic and condone the killing of innocent human life, let alone have the government pay for it. The right to life is fundamental, the most fundamental human right, and Catholics do not oppose fundamental human rights. At the press conference, Pelosi highlighting her faith, calling herself a devout Catholic again, and claiming it was not up to her to dictate what other people do, adding she believed funding abortion was a matter of, in her opinion, fairness and justice, especially for the poor. In response, Corleone adding, to use the smokescreen of abortion as an issue of health and fairness to poor women is the epitome of hypocrisy. What about the health of the baby? What about giving poor women real choice so they are supported in choosing life? He said this would give them fairness and equality to women of means who can afford to bring a child into the world. It is people of faith who run the pro-life crisis pregnancy clinics. They are the only ones who provide poor women life-giving alternatives to having their babies killed in the wombs. He added... I cannot be more proud of my fellow Catholics who are so prominent in providing these services. To them, I say you are the ones worthy to call yourselves devout. Talitha Klum is the global anti-trafficking network of consecrated life against trafficking in persons, and they're launching, as Linda Bordoni from Vatican News tells us, a brand-new campaign, and it's focused on a care-centered model to break the cycle of human trafficking.
3: Between 20 and 40 million people are estimated to be trapped in modern slavery today. As Talita Kum members never tire of telling us, we live side by side with many victims who are exploited for labor, for prostitution, for the profitable organ trade. Repeatedly, Pope Francis has denounced human trafficking as a scourge and a crime against humanity. But it is a trade that is hard to eradicate because it earns huge profits for traffickers and it goes largely undetected. That's why Talita Kum says extra care is needed. Launching its hashtag CareAgainstTrafficking campaign on Thursday, the organisation explained the initiative is focused on a care-centred model that aims to break the cycle. Garnering the support of men and women of goodwill, as well as governments and policymakers, it aims to show the world how care can make the difference along every step of the anti-trafficking journey. Caring for those at risk, for victims, for survivors. Theirs, they reiterate, is a two-pronged approach that aims to empower vulnerable and marginalised communities but also to dismantle the systems that enable their oppression and exploitation.
2: Talitha Kuhn, by the way, is an organization of Catholic nuns established by the International Union of Superiors General back in 2009. The group, as you heard, working to end human trafficking. They're based in Rome. The name comes from the expression found in the Gospel of St. Mark. It's in Aramaic, meaning, maiden, I say to you, arise. Mark Mayfield tells us the Border Patrol's Tucson sector in Arizona is seeing a major increase in unaccompanied children crossing the border.
0: Agents say that they found a large group of 197 migrants making an illegal entry on Wednesday and 147 were unaccompanied children. The agency explained that the sector has encountered more than 13,600 unaccompanied migrant children so far this fiscal year. That represents a 189% increase compared to last year. Most of those found on Wednesday were from Guatemala.
2: Time is running out for many first responders in New York City to apply for the 9-11 Victims Compensation Fund. Firefighter Kurt Cousins is trying to get the word out about the July 29th deadline.
4: It only takes just a few minutes to open an account. It doesn't cost any money.
2: Cousins worked at the 9-11 Ground Zero site and is currently battling leukemia and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma this September 11th, marking the 20th anniversary of the attack on the World Trade Towers. James Slippin tells us it seems like face mask recommendations are changing all the time and some, including those in New York, say the conflicting advice is getting more confusing.
0: Depending on who you listen to, it's mask on all the time, or maybe rather only if you're unvaccinated. Anyway, it's a lot to take in and
1: consider.
5: It's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, kind of. So it's like, it's a tough spot to be in. It changes so frequently and so quickly. Because COVID can spread a lot.
3: Wear a mask all day, so I think it's abnormal.
0: Amid concerns tied to the Delta variant, Mayor Bill de Blasio has resisted recent calls to reinforce an indoor mask mandate, saying he's more focused on boosting vaccination rates.
2: Chicago police calling for help from the community to combat gun violence in their city. Chicago Police Department Superintendent David Brown urging the public to come forward. He said that yesterday, after nearly 20 people were shot the night before in two shootings, one in North North Lawndale neighborhood and one in the Lincoln Park neighborhood.
0: We are committed, as Chicago Police Department, to fighting for the heart and soul of these communities.
2: Brown complaining many of the victims in the mass shootings were not cooperating with investigators. The top cop saying the silence helps the perpetrators. Elisa Z tells us new seasonally adjusted unemployment claims posting a surprising increase of 51,000 last week. Mark Hamrick, senior analyst with Bankrate.com, says this is a reminder that the pandemic has been the bumpiest of bumpy roads.
0: This is disappointing. We saw a surprising increase in new jobless claims back above the 400,000 level for the first time since mid May to 419,000. This is the biggest increase we've seen in a single week since March.
2: Well, this isn't the direction we want to be going in. Hamrick says he's fairly confident that in the coming weeks, we'll get back on a more positive trajectory. Meanwhile, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy is worried about the economy, criticizing President Biden on what he's been doing and not doing as well.
4: As I watched a clip from the president's town hall last night, I couldn't see a person more out of touch.
2: The California Republican also talking about inflation, describing it as a tax on every single American and referring to a town hall that Biden did earlier this week in Cincinnati. McCarthy explaining the financial security of Americans is being destroyed. By inflation, Disgrace lawyer Michael Avignati is launching an effort to stay out of prison. He's going to appeal the two-and-a-half-year sentence he was recently given for trying to extort Nike. Avignati convicted for threatening to give Nike bad publicity if the company did not pay him millions. His appeal comes one week after the Oregon-based company said it will seek just over $856,000 from the lawyer who once represented adult film actress Story Daniels. And Mike Bauer tells us the Summer Olympics officially getting underway with a much different look and feel.
0: No cheering crowds. Athletes essentially confined to quarters when they're not going faster, higher, or stronger. All in an attempt to prevent COVID from spreading among the competitors and to the people of Japan. And to keep the Olympians from carrying new strains of the virus back to their home countries. The games will begin with the Japanese capital under a state of COVID emergency and many of the country's residents adamantly opposed to holding the world sporting event at all. And instead of a 68,000 capacity crowd cheering as athletes from more than 200 countries parade with flags through Tokyo's Olympic Stadium, Fewer than a 1,000 will be present as the games officially begin. I'm Mike Bauer.
2: Finally, in our new segment, at almost 14 minutes past the hour, on a Friday morning edition of Catholic Connection, coast to coast and around the globe on EWTN, a New York City holiday tradition is back. And if you've never seen the Christmas spectacular with the Radio City Music Hall Rockettes, put it on your bucket list. It is phenomenal. And at the end, when they do the whole nativity scene, it's so beautiful. It's amazing. Anyhow, I digress. So the Spectacular is returning to the Radio City Music Hall after being canceled last year due to the pandemic. It was the first time in the show's 87 year history that it was canceled. Performances will be from November 5th through January 2nd. Tickets go on sale today. 14 minutes past the hour. We'll be right back. My friend Damon Owens is up next. And next week, there's a beautiful opportunity for you to do something wonderful for your marriage. And he will fill us in. Coming up.
0: Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you are automatically own shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com.
5: When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework you may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Hi, everybody.
0: This is Dr. Ray. My latest book, Jesus, the Master Psychologist, Listen to Him, talks about how Jesus was 2,000 years ahead of modern enlightened psychology. If He's God, He knows the absolute best way to live, whether psychology agrees or whether it doesn't. Go to AveMariaRadio.net to get your copy, Jesus will tell you the best way to live. We are the pro-life generation. Passionate about building the culture of life in our health care and in our nation. But not all health care options are equally pro-life and some provide morally objectionable procedures. CMF Curo is different. CMF Curo is a pro-life Catholic health care ministry providing a pathway for its members to build the culture of life in their health care choices, not destroy it. Learn more about CMF Curo at MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com.
2: I can't. It's like I, I'm like the grandparents here. In see, our Damon Owens and I were old friends, just catching up. But he's got a new granddaughter, and I was telling him about my latest grandniece. It's 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 really. I don't know. They are just so. Speaking of your ministry, joy to be. I mean, those babies just bring us so much joy. Do they not?
1: Oh, indeed, and I love how they. Uh... They keep not only keep us grounded, but they just they just like you said, they bring us so much joy. So happy to You're, be a granddad.
2: Yeah, well, congratulations! That's awesome, awesome, Thank awesome. You. And congratulations on all the great work you do with uh, Joy to Be. So next week is is a big week, although it doesn't get enough coverage, I think, in the Catholic Church and in the world. Uh, we're going to be talking about natural family planning, which always occurs on the anniversary of Humana Vitae and uh, Pope Paul VI's amazing uh, encyclical, which I think is one of the most prophetic that was ever written uh, by a pope. That's just my opinion, at least in our lifetime. And you're offering an opportunity with this in mind next week, uh, Damon, for couples to really come together. You're talking about the Intimacy Marriage Challenge. Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, so Melanie, my wife, and I, 28 years, and as we said, we've been focusing on the Theology of the Body and Joyful Ever After uh, sponsored uh, the Catholic Marriage Summit last year, which was just a, a grace of God that brought together, it was great. I loved couples. it. Couples, yeah. it was great. You were you were you were such a, Don was such a great connection with all of that, and it really just got us motivated that um, we really do need to build community. We need to connect more than just the theology and the philosophy, which is beautiful. Uh, really, just connect as couples in fellowship. So we're sponsoring the Epic Intimacy Challenge that launches next week during NFP Week. And in this one is is really laser-focused with uh, 12 experts. You see a lot of DRs, a lot of doctors here, but people that Melanie and I have really leaned on and been blessed by that help everything from the emotional, physical, intellectual, and communicative. There's your epic, epic intimacy in our own marriage. And we wanted to follow up that Catholic Marriage Summit with something really focused on that, to, to invite a wide range of couples, sacramentally married couples, to, to listen and to take that step toward a deeper intimacy in marriage. And what I love about NFP Week is that, in the same way, it's inviting couples to pause in the middle of the summer to work on something that, unless we do it intentionally, time just ticks on by.
2: Mm-hmm. And don't you think there's been such a misunderstanding of what real intimacy is?
1: There has, and, and in fact, you look at the language. You know, when someone says, I've been intimate, or we're intimate, this immediately r- rubs to a physical, sexual mm-hmm. uh, connotation because of that, that twisting. And I've said for years, and what gets into this is, you know, we look at love through the lens of sex. When it's like looking the wrong way in a binoculars, we ought to be looking at sex through the lens of love. And we can literally turn our vision around and see the, through this lens of love. So we see that intimacy is this into me see, if you haven't heard that one before, that the ability to see seen, to know, to love. And when we can do that, we can see an intimacy really as the deepening of communion, which is the the strengthening and the dynamic part of the unity of marriage. So if you look at the emotional, physical, intellectual, and communicative, this is what we've sort of uh, organized the general truth, that we just need to bring more dynamism, more heat, more zeal, more attention to our marriages, because if we don't, we're going to drift in the same way that the culture drifts in looking and feeling things as if uh, sex were the lens to understand everything intimate.
2: All right, so where do we find this event? How do we register? What do we do?
1: Yeah, so invite your your viewers just to take a look at Epic Intimacy, one word, epicintimacy.org and on there you'll see the descriptions of uh our 13 uh, expert uh contributors but also a chance to register and it's real simple so when you register at epicintimacy.org you put your name and your email in and what we'll do is we'll send you for 4 days for free uh starting on July 28th an email a day that includes a video and a simple challenge to refocus on emotional, physical, intellectual, and communicative intimacy. So we'll drop this to you each of these days. It's 10 minutes, and we made it simple, 10-minute focus on emotional intimacy, physical intimacy, intellectual, and communicative. And for those four days, challenges that uh, nearly all of, us, all of us can do. That That was the point of it.
2: Talking with Damon Owens from Joy2B, of course, uh, rec- proclaiming the joy of the theology of the body, but also teaching on all the beauties of the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. You know him well from his great work on EWTN and around the country and his many, many talks and presentations. His overall website is joytob.org, talking about the Epic Intimacy Challenge, which is coming up um, next week, and we'll give you the website again what are you hearing from couples right now that they're facing? And, and, you know, we have mutual friends, Julie and Greg Alexander, who work so hard mm. uh, in the marriage area with, with the Alexander House. And, you know, COVID, with so many so many couples being together for elongated periods of time that weren't normal because one or both were working and then they found themselves back home and, and really spending more time with each other. In some couples, for some couples, I think it was good. For a lot, though, it revealed things that they hadn't addressed or haven't addressed.
1: Oh, spot on. That's exactly what it, and this is data not just in our, in our Catholic world, but, but, uh, broader in the culture that it, the COVID shut-in year really did bring to bear, uh, what was already there in our marriages, good, bad, and ugly. And that's true for all of us, by the way. This isn't like a special class of people that somehow were able to, uh, you know, to, to forego that. Now, many of us responded differently. So the time together, and you know, we we started to lean on things. And I tell you, I've spoken this before that this last year, Melanie and I, I had a really rough time uh, in our marriage, and it was it was much of it. And you think why? Because I mean, I work from home, I travel, we have homeschool. You think we'd be around? But there's a big difference in sort of the intentional dialogue and discussion about our marriage, and sort of the transactional things that are so easy to happen when things are busy, busy, busy that we can talk about the bills and the kids and who's going where and dropping things off. It's, it's not like we didn't talk. But I think what it is is, as you said, brings to the fore uh the the intimacy of the marriage or the lack of. And I wanna just be clear, the Epic Intimacy Summit is uh summit challenge for next week is for everyone. This is not a special class of a certain type of marriage or maybe you're 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 You have worked with the Alexanders and the Alexander House or Retrovi and you know that there are particular struggles. Maybe you're in therapy at this point. We built this intimacy challenge to reach at every level that may have been revealed during this COVID year, but all with the same purpose. One, we're in this together. It's about building fellowship and community. But it's also about beginning and beginning again at any moment, even in the middle of July, uh, to focus on what really is the heart of everything what you pledged at the altar, uh, marriage that have unity based on your baptism with God, based, based on the sacrament of matrimony, and we have communion based on how attentive we are to it, but intimacy is that measure of the depth of love. And if there's any word that we've heard over the last year, Teresa, it's been frustrated mm. and um, scared, um, distant. My husband is not my best friend. I don't know where we are. Uh, I don't know where – we're not on the same page. That's not what we got from our survey. I want want to be on the same team. So these are the ways that we do that, just to begin again with an intentional focus on the intimacy of our marriage. And it's fun. It's 10 minutes a day, and it's fun.
2: 10 minutes a day. I mean, everyone should be able to do at least that for their marriage, if not more.
1: It's scary, though. I mean, we have to to acknowledge that, you know, because it's so important, because it's such a a, a wound and a hurt – that it does take courage to even sometimes approach our spouse and say, hey, listen, I think we need to work on this. Hey, I'd like to try this. Hey, can we talk? So we acknowledge that because we've experienced it. And at the same time, making this wide funnel invitation of the epic intimacy challenge really is a chance to uh, invite other couples into that same type of crucial conversation.
2: Yeah, and I think also for anyone, even if you, you have a good or in a great marriage, we can make it greater and keep it that way by doing beautiful programs and exercises like this. Thanks so much, Damon, for all the great work that you do. joy 2 org, But overall, for the Intimacy Challenge next week, EpicIntimacy.org. Again, Epic, E-P-I-C, Intimacy.org. That's an acronym. The website explains it. Check it out. We'll also have a link on the Catholic Connection Archive. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Steve
0: Ray with FootprintsOfGodPilgrimages.com. I hope you're planning to come to the Summer Speaker Series event on Thursday, August 5th to hear an outstanding presentation by my friend, Father John Ricardo. The event will also include delicious hors d'oeuvres, wine, and some quality time with hundreds of your Catholic radio friends. While you're there, you'll also have a chance to win a pilgrimage that I will lead to St. Augustine, Florida. So get your tickets today at SummerSpeakersSeries.com. That's SummerSpeakersSeries.com. KTH 910
4: AM welcomes Emerson on Harvest Hill as a new sponsor. It's a senior living community in North Dallas near St. Rita Parish. Amenities include chef-prepared meals each day, transportation, social and educational events and activities, 24-hour security, and the participation in the sacraments. To learn more about Emerson on Harvest Hill or to arrange a tour and visit, you can contact Karen Ray via email at kray at emersonharvesthill.com or you can visit their website emersononharvesthill.com.
5: Hello Hello from from Students for Life right right here here in Dallas. Dallas. We're excited to introduce you to Birth Choice Dallas, a women's pregnancy center on Greenville Avenue. Birth Choice is hosting a tour in Continental Breakfast at 930 a.m. on Saturday, August 14th. Join us to see how they walk with each mother from unexpected pregnancy to parenting classes with her newborn. Call Birth Choice Dallas at 214-631-2402 to join the tour. Bring a friend. See you there. Par Car Care is a proud sponsor of KATH 910 AM. Here at Par Car Care, we are devoted to automotive maintenance and repairs for today's family on the go. Are you looking for that personal touch? Someone who'll listen to your problem and give you options that are manageable for you? We now have two locations to serve you. For the Euless area, 817-685-2222. And for the North Richland Hills area, 817-281-1388. We're on the web at parcarcare.com. Thank you and drive safely.
2: Eight minutes, fancy hour. Welcome back. It is Catholic Connection Friday. Right, I do a segment or try to since the election, called Fact Check Friday, taking a look at uh, some of the stories that the media twist or report incorrectly, especially regarding faith and other issues. Uh, or both in many cases, and talking about a couple of stories related to uh, the very unfortunate and um, developing story that we're still following uh, out of the um, USCCB regarding the General Secretary uh, resigning after allegations are brought against him uh, regarding um, some... um, sexual impropriety and just a very sad story uh, all along, and we're still following that and trying to find out who knew what when, uh, similar to what happened, although not as high as a cardinal, but certainly who's the highest-ranking priest serving as a general secretary for the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. so It's a big story and there's um, some controversy. Some in terms of privacy don't think it was a good thing that the information was tracked through his phone and we can have a a healthy, I think, and an honest debate about that, whether we think it's appropriate. Uh, There's also, of course, the fact that There are many seminaries that are having more and more filters put on the computers of those who are studying there, especially those of the priesthood, because of concerns, because of pornography, which is everywhere. So there is a, a reasonable debate to be had, but what I think is interesting about the media in this case is the way they're approaching this story overall, and they're claiming that it's the fault of the Outlet in this case the pillar that broke the original story, versus taking a look at the uh, the problematic allegations and lifestyle that this uh, particular priest or Monsignor uh, was leading apparently for many many years going all the way back to, from what they know in terms of the information they gathered, uh, 2018. Uh, Father James Martin uh, is blaming the outlet and basically saying, okay, yeah, priest should be celibate, but you know, there's this is an invasion of his private life. And the way some of the media are reporting it, including some of the local papers in Wisconsin, where this particular priest is originally from the Diocese of La Crosse, making it sound as if it's only according to the Catholic Church that the behavior is, or the alleged behavior, is inappropriate, where they have quotes around the terms um, inappropriate behavior or incorrect behavior, wrong behavior, sinful behavior, whatever. And there's a strong misunderstanding out there And to say that it is a private life is not how the church sees this in terms of the fact that, just as Damon was talking about with marriage, when you go before the priest in a Catholic church, when you have people there joining you, it's a very public statement. It is the, the community coming together, the Catholic community coming together and supporting this marriage between a man and a woman. All right, you are making a public commitment, a statement to each other, a statement to Christ, a statement to the church. And a priest is obviously in persona Christi. The priest is also taking a vow of chastity, among other things, a vow of obedience to his bishop and Holy Mother Church. But they are considered married in a different way. They are married to the church. The church is the bride of Christ. Jesus is the bridegroom. The church is the bride. And so therefore, again, when something like this happens, it's heartbreaking on a number of levels. And we see this over and over again with other cases of sexual abuse that we keep hearing about and that need to be rooted out in terms of why is this such a problem? Well, obviously the people who are victimized, the victims and and the pain they go through. And in many cases, there's there's criminal behavior involved, right? So this is another scourge. It's a scourge on the church. It's a scourge on individuals. It's a scourge on society because it's sin, and sin is not a good thing. It destroys everything, right? And so to, to sit there and try to blame, and again, we can have a debate on whether this is, is the right way to go in terms of getting information, but to sit there and then to blame it, to put all the blame on the outlet that is reporting this news is nothing more than deflection, trying to deflect away from the actual problem here. Problem on a number of levels, okay? Problem on this issue of accepting immoral behavior. Problem on this issue of really not doing a, a job. And I, you know, I credit the media years ago, and I was talking to a friend of mine who's a former secular producer, that, for example, the Boston Globe, originally breaking the story on the whole sex abuse scandal, We need good, solid media to investigate these things, and this is what what a free press is supposed to be about. And again, there can be a healthy discussion and debate on on how information is obtained. I'm not disagreeing with that. But to sit there and deflect it all, it's all the organization's fault. It's all the outlet's fault. That's not, that's just a deflection. And it's also very revealing when you see the way uh, these various outlets cover this, because there is such an exception of homosexuality and of this ty- type of lifestyle of being able to do whatever you want with whomever, no matter what position you have in life. That the people who are wrong are those who are saying that this is wrong, that this type of activity. And the church teaches, and this church would have taken the same stance had this priest allegedly been involved with the opposite sex, okay? They take a vow of chastity. And the church teaches that Sexual relationships outside of a marriage between a man or a woman, okay, regardless of of the act itself, in terms of with whom, that that is that is wrong. I don't have to tell you that you're you're Catholics, faithful Catholics, you're listening to this network. But the way the media cover this can be very very confusing for people, and we saw this a couple of weeks ago. When you have a media, even if a person says that they're Catholic. That's why I really want to recommend the website Get Religion with Terry Manningley. It's, it's, it's really great because he's a good Catholic journalist and he outlines all of this in terms of really breaks it down on that website and Al and I have had him on our shows before. But we saw the problem with the Eucharistic discussion with the bishops a couple of weeks ago where the media just took the left talking points, the leftist talking points, and even those who claim to be Catholic within the press. And Al took an interview with one of our local, quote-unquote, Catholic talk show hosts in the secular media at a big news talk station here in, in the Detroit area and broke down that interview that she did with a fellow talk show host who's also Catholic on this particular outlet. And all she did was repeat the talking points of the left Claiming that there was this right-wing extremist group within the USCCB that was directing this, and this was all about targeting Pelosi and Biden. And as Al explained, as Bishop Montforton from the Diocese of Steubenville explained last week, and how so many bishops have weighed in on the world over on EW 10 News nightly, on this show, on again, Crest in the afternoon, that was not the case at all. The left worked with the media to get that message out there. This is all about an attack on the rights of these quote-unquote Catholic politicians. So there are so many issues and, and so many things that we need to look at when we are reading stories out there in the secular press, especially about the Catholic Church. Al and I are going to go into this in depth this afternoon on Cresta in the afternoon because we're seeing more and more people being duped into believing what the media are telling them. And sometimes it's by no fault of their own. Sometimes it's because we tend to go toward outlets that we believe are serving our needs and are in line with what we want to see happen, whether it be in the church or the world. But in many cases, we can be very badly misled or, in the case, some of the cases we're going to talk about this afternoon, completely duped. And I also want to recommend, and, I, and we're going to be doing more on this in the near future, this beautiful document from uh, my archbishop. It's called The Beauty of Truth. A Pastoral Note on Communicating Truth and Love in the Digital Age. I'll have a link to this on my homepage in the archive section at AveMariaRadio.net of Catholic Connection. We need to know, as Archbishop Chaput always says, how the media work so they don't work on us. Talking more deeply about this on Question in the Afternoon this afternoon. We'll be right back.
4: Want to be a better father to your son? Why not skip the weekend superhero movie and be the saint your son needs? If you can endure the elements, shirk some material comforts, and pray a rosary around a campfire, the troops of St. George are recruiting. Troop 77 of Collin County, the magnanimous 77th, is looking for a few good dads and their sons. Troop 77 is kicking off the school year at 7 p.m. Monday, August 30th. Check them out at tsg77.org. That's tsg77.org. Hello, it's Todd Sluter, licensed professional counselor with Epiphany Counseling and sponsor of GRN. I've been blessed to work with many individuals, couples, teens, and families in our diocese, incorporating counseling principles with authentic Catholic values. God wants you to have a greater sense of joy and purpose. If you or someone you know are struggling to find purpose, stuck moving forward with goals in life, or a relationship is not working, you may need to seek a counselor to help regain hope and healing. You may get in touch with me at 469-556-8336.
0: Are you looking for a job or for career advice? All Saints Catholic Church of Dallas Career Ministry wants to help support your career management. They are looking for individuals who want to be mentored in a certain career, as well as those who wish to mentor for a career. In addition, a weekly accountability group for job seekers is available on Wednesdays at noon via Zoom. To join in on the career ministry program, contact career ministry at allsaintsdallas.org. Hi, this is Bob Dwayne with My Mutual Mortgage, a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. My wife, Norm, and I have been longtime supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are praying for our country and all that are affected by the coronavirus. The drastic fluctuations in the market have caused mortgage rates to drop to record lows. If you'd like an analysis of your mortgage situation, we can be reached by calling 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. My Mutual Mortgage is an equal housing lender, NMLS 12901.
4: Christ is the answer with Father John Ricardo. We just did our parish mission a couple weeks ago now, and I suggested that in the course of the mission that we do something like a a little mini spiritual assessment of our lives. I don't have to show this to anybody, but a great chance for us just to, with real honesty, just between us and Jesus, ask ourselves some questions. First question, given the fact that half of Catholics don't think God is even personal, would be to ask ourselves that Do I think God is personal? And then to ask myself, do I think a relationship with Jesus is possible? Do I have a relationship with Jesus? And if so, what's it look like? And then perhaps a little bit more awkwardly or painfully to ask Jesus from his perspective, what's the friendship that we have with him look like? How would he describe our friendship with him? That might be a hard conversation to have.
2: Welcome back, Catholic Connection. It is a Friday morning, 40 minutes past the hour, July 23rd, 2021. Thanks for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Don't forget the Catholic View for Women every Sunday evening. And look forward to that. And we also have a uh, new series that's starting uh, coming up in September, and I think it's happening uh, right after Labor Day, so we'll keep you uh, informed as we move forward. You can go to our website, thecatholicviewforwomen.com, for more details. And again, Doug Keck will be along with us. Next week, for the inside word of all the great programming, in the meantime, check out EWTN.com. We are trying to get a hold of our guest, but uh, we can't find her, so say a quick prayer to St. Anthony, and hopefully she will turn up. But hey, it's live radio, things happen. In the meantime, uh, my stellar producer, Andrew, who's always uh, searching the, the Internet far and wide for interesting stories of discussion, sent me this story. Yesterday, because uh, once a week on the first hour of my program, I have an in-depth discussion with our friend Father Frank Bavone, National Director of Priests for Life, and so he thought this would be a really good story to discuss. And so I want to share it with you, and you can look it up. It's um, some ways, it's 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 just heartbreaking, alarming, and disgusting. But at the same time, there is a, a silver lining in here. There really is, because this particular story I think really shows just how much. Those who are supporting abortion, and uh, God help them if they've had an abortion, they need to know that healing is available, and we pray for them. But I think what's so telling is that despite all all the pressure that they put on us in trying to get us to change our minds about abortion and support legalized abortion, with all of the, the virtually pretty much outside of, of some conservative outlets, overall supporting, promoting abortion, they still see the need to do more of that on television, in film, which is exactly what this article in Marie Claire, which is a magazine for young women, is trying to get across. We need to see, this is a headline of this column. We need to see more parents having abortions in film and television. Parents are the most common abortion patients. Yet storylines about the medical quote-unquote choice, there's a semantics again, almost always revolve around single teens. So what are they trying to do here? What they're trying to do is to normalize it even further, as if it's not quote-unquote seen as normal in the secular culture. So if they have parents who make this decision, and you used to see the pictures that go along with uh, with this article, you know. A couple, a very good-looking couple, holding hands and, and looking into each other's eyes as if they're making, you know, a very loving decision to kill their baby. And there's a picture of a mom walking with a child, uh, in, you know, along a beach. It's just, it's very, very telling. So why is this necessary, given the fact that Hollywood, and I'm not just talking about movies, if you think about right, TV shows, if you think about the press, if you think about magazines, if you think about so many stars, oh, what's her face, Uh, Michelle Williams, the actress who came out a couple of years ago at the Academy Awards and said she wouldn't have been able to be in that position to, you know, be open to the success that she's had if she didn't exercise her right to choose. She didn't really say what she did in terms of, if I hadn't killed one of my children, which is exactly uh, what happened. And again, we pray for her, and we, we pray for others who, who've been through this, so there's great healing available. But it is very telling. So in chatting with uh, Father Frank this morning, I, I was asking him, because they've done uh, great work in this area, especially with uh, Rachel's Vineyard Project Rachel and also Silent No More Awareness Campaign, talking with men and women uh, who are post-abortion. Why is there this constant need? Think about it. Given all the publicity, all the help they get from the culture, from the news media, from TV, from Hollywood, from lawmakers, were crying out loud. Look at what Nancy Pelosi just did again. And the other interesting point that Father said this morning, which I didn't even think about, is nobody asked Nancy Pelosi when she was at this press conference about her Catholic faith in relationship to the latest thing she was saying about abortion. She brought it up. Why? Nobody asked her, how does this, you know, they usually don't anyway. Nobody asked her about her Catholic faith. And doesn't this conflict with your Catholic faith and the teachings of the church? She was talking about federal government funding of abortion. And she brings it up. So again, there's something going on in the psyche, in the spirit, the natural law, The conscience because abortion is an intrinsic evil and at some point you have to justify it because of that evil and it happens over and over and over again why do we need to see more parents having abortions in film and TV what does it matter when there's so much publicity for this intrinsic evil of abortion, and in a positive way. And stories get buried over and over again about the reality of abortion. For example, I think it was just last week or the week before, we interviewed the folks from uh, Right to Life Northeast Ohio on yet another case where an abortion facility had disrespected the quote-unquote reproductive health rights of women and the babies, of course, in addition to killing the babies they did not dispose of the remains of the aborted baby properly, and the aborted baby was found in a dumpster, along with contact information for at least 30 patients. And yet it's supposed to be all about the right to choose and freedom and everything else. All these stories out there are buried that happen at these facilities, unless we're covering it or another conservative outlet is covering it. Then you have politicians who are, you know, out there promoting abortion. You have so many people, entities in the culture. Abortion, abortion, abortion. And yet now this columnist comes along and says, we still need to see more parents having abortions in film and TV. You can't fool with Mother Nature. This is what happens. Sooner or later, your conscience is trying to justify it and deal with it. So what we need to do when we see stories like this is to make sure people are aware of the healing aspect of the pro-life movement. The fact that we have ministries such as Silent No More, Rachel's Vineyard, Project Rachel. Direct them to these sites. Let them see what happens to those who are involved in an abortion, whether it be a man who's pressuring a woman or maybe didn't want his girlfriend or his wife to have an abortion, whether it's a mother or a grandparent or a friend or the woman who's had the abortion herself, there is help and forgiveness available. And there's this this justification that is taking place, and you can see it when you go to the March for Life and you go down to the Supreme Court And you see these incredible women and men giving their testimony, these very personal stories of their pain and what the abortion did not solve, despite what the industry told them it would solve. It made a bad situation that they felt that they were in at the time, desperately seeking, desperately pressured to improve their situation. They were misled. They were pressured, a majority of them. But it made a difficult situation worse, not better. And what do you see nearby? you see women and men mocking them, attacking them, because they're still struggling. And I've come to really, first when I started covering the March for Life, it was very frustrating, and and I would really get my Italian up. But then the more I learned, and my husband's been a sidewalk counselor for years, and he's shared this with me too, you can see the pain in the people who are out there protesting, the women and men who are speaking about the truth of what abortion did to them. So these articles, in a sense, are showing us this constant need to justify abortion. And at the end of the day, that shows deep down that they're still struggling with it. Why in the world do we need more parents having abortions in film and TV? Abortion is everywhere. It's accepted by the culture, unfortunately, and promoted and endorsed. But it's usually not called abortion. I'm surprised they actually use that, that term. It's called reproductive health. It's called a choice. It's called a woman's right to choose. Blah, 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 blah. But despite all of this, they still want more. So we pray for them because there's something going on deep inside where they know that it has to be justified. And at the end of the day, it can't. So pray for them. SilentNomoreAwareness.org, Priest for Life, Rachel's Vineyard, all of these wonderful ministries, and especially, as Archbishop Cordoni said yesterday in his very powerful statement, those of you who are working in the pregnancy resource centers, God love you. You are out there on the front lines, and you know the reality because you see it every day. It's just about uh, 50 minutes past the hour. Thanks for tuning in. We did actually track down uh, our guest, but we didn't have enough time, and it's such a big topic. I wanted to make sure that we uh, had enough time to chat with her, so we'll try to bring her on next week at some point, and hopefully Meg can join us again from the Family Research Council. We'll talk to you about what's coming up next week on a Monday and the rest of the week as well. We've already got the show uh, uh, working, lots of good topics. And don't forget all of the information that we share here in terms of the links and whatnot, Andrew always puts them up with the archive of Catholic Connection. So at the end of the day or in the middle of the day at noon, you can check on our website at AveMariaRadio.net. Just go to the archives and he'll have the links to this article, for example, from Marie Claire. And also the link for Damon's as well. Damon's big event coming up next week, the Intimacy Project that's occurring the week of the anniversary of, of course, Human Vitae of human life. We'll be right back on a Friday. Stay tuned. When the need for senior care arises, home
5: is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at eight seven seven three seven four live. That's eight seven seven three seven four L I V E. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care.
4: If you have sustained conversation with non-Catholic Christians, one of the things that always comes to is, why do you confess to a priest? Why would you go to a priest when you can go straight to God? I would say I would say, well, look, I went to Jesus, I looked at his word, and it told me to go to a priest. <laughs> it is interesting, one of the first things you notice, right towards the end of the Gospel of John, that Jesus himself determined to forgive and retain sins through human intermediaries. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained and jesus commissioned his apostles on earth to speak in his name to forgive sins or retain sins not just metaphorically but metaphysically
5: cresta in the afternoon with al cresta for eastern on ewtn radio
2: Welcome back, Catholic Connection. It's a Friday morning. Thanks for tuning in to the EWTN, Global Catholic Radio Network, and this particular program, which is co-produced by Ave Maria Radio and the EWTN. Looking forward to our discussion all about Grandparents Day. Now, we'll talk about it on Monday, even though it is coming up this weekend. I don't know if you heard the story, but it's a beautiful story that came out a few weeks ago. Pope Francis will be celebrating the first ever World Day of Grandparents and the Elderly, and it comes up this weekend, July 25th. He'll be elevating a theme that he has sought to promote since his inauguration homily as Pope in 2013 when he said one of the duties of being a Christian is protecting the elderly. He said their voice is precious because it sings the praises of gods and safeguards the roots of people. They remind us that old age is a gift and that grandparents are the link between generations passing on the experience of life and faith to the young. Now, I've had the opportunity over the years to meet some of the people that are involved in the grandparents' organization that actually petitioned the Pope for this to happen. So this is a really, really big deal that this is happening and that the Pope recognizes this. And, of course, he has a heart for the elderly, being an elderly person himself, but also the importance of grandparents, of great-aunts, of great-uncles, and to pass on that history of the family. I know in our family... For uh, my side of the family, of course, you hear me talk all the time about my, my grandnieces, Liana and Francesca, the identical twins. They now have a baby sister, baby Danica. And uh, the three girls are are so close to us. They're such a big part of our life, and we're sort of the the grandparents on this side of the family because my uh, my dear sister Donna, their grandmother, passed away five years ago from ovarian cancer. And so, I mean, we would be very involved in their lives regardless, but it takes on a little bit more meaning. And I can understand now this connection. With grandparents because uh, Deacon Dom and I are so close to the girls and they're, they're such a big part of our life. I was telling that to Damon when he was talking about his daughter uh, and husband just had their first uh, grandbaby and she's only six weeks old and, and how precious babies are. But it's really important to really take a look at what our faith teaches us about the importance of the elderly in our lives. And so I'm really excited to discuss this topic and that comes up Monday. So we're going to be talking about the first grandparents' day which is actually this Sunday, so we'll be talking about the day after. But I'm sure that the Holy Father's message on the Angelus on Sunday will be all about this, so that'll be beautiful to reflect upon. And then we're also going to be chatting with Gail Buckley. She'll be back from vacation, fresh as a daisy, and we'll chat with her on our Scripture verse of the week. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be on Crest in the afternoon this afternoon talking more about the media. We'll talk to you then, and we'll also talk to you here on a Monday. Ciao, ciao.
1: been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's ave Maria Radio.net. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.
0: Faith. Hope. Charity. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
5: Has your family ever wished your children could experience the joy of a faith-filled Catholic elementary education? Right now, five of our Diocese of Dallas Catholic schools are offering a new family tuition discount with half-off tuition for your first two years and no payment until the second semester. We invite you to visit csodallas.org to learn more about how Catholic schools form students to be saints and scholars in a nurturing environment that cares for their growth as a whole person. Visit csodallas.org today.
0: Are you wondering what to do with the house and need to talk with someone who can explain your options? My name is Jake, and as real estate investors, my brother Gerald and I are working to resolve real estate issues in your local area. We're proud sponsors of this great radio station. So, if you're looking for an offer or simply like to explore your different choices, then our number to call is 682-317-9330, or you can simply visit us at 911myhouse.com. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas-Ford Worth in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.